Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. So glad that everybody is here. Our 10 a.m. first word and so, so thankful for each and every one of you. And uh, I'm enjoying the cool mornings, and and I don't really get hot nowadays, so too hot. So uh, I enjoy and enjoying the heat in the afternoon. How many looking forward to fall? It's upon us. It is. It is. I um, I want us today to turn to the book of Genesis. We're going to start in chapter two, and um, Genesis chapter two. Today we are going to start a series called Celebrating Family, Celebrating Family, and uh, God blessed us with family, amen, God designed the family, do you believe that, and um, so thank you for being here, and we're going to go several weeks at least through the entire month of September, very possibly a few weeks depending on uh, uh, just depending on a couple things uh, going into into October, but uh, I do believe that strong families make strong churches. Strong churches make strong communities. Strong community can change a country, and uh, God designed the family uh, to be a blessing to everything um, that is outside the family, and I, I want to teach that today. In the book of Genesis chapter um, chapter 2, the Bible tells us that um, it says in verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put who? The man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, we're certainly going to see that here in about a month, aren't we? Pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It says, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Um, the first, the name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of the land is good. There is Bedellium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon. I'm not going to read all that. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But what comes out of the garden is a product of the garden. And what is the intention of, of the family? And I would like to talk about this today. If, if the law, there's, there's, when you're studying theology, studying the Word of God, there's a law called the law of initial precedence. That means, or the law of first mention. Everybody say the law of first mention. When you're studying the Bible, there's the law of first mention. means where that subject is first mentioned, it's carried all the way through the Scripture. It is the foundation of that subject from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. And since we are teaching today about family, let's go to where the family began and let that be the principle in which we study through the scripture about family. 
How many believe God designed the family? Amen. So we're going to start in the book of Genesis and work our way through and uh, uh, base up everything on the foundation of the family, the Garden of Eden. Look at your neighbor and say, it started in the garden. Amen. Would you just worship and lift your voice and thank God for his word today? Would you do that? Let's clap our hands and make a joyful noise to the Lord today. Oh, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We worship you today, Jesus. We magnify you for your word in Jesus' name. How many love his word today? Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Celebrating family. Today is celebrating, um, celebrating family. It started in the garden. And if we go back to creation, what we will find is the last thing that God made in upon the earth that God formed was Adam and Eve. He set the earth. He brought order to this earth. Out of darkness, he brought light. Out of chaos, he brought order. We can start with Genesis 1 and go all the way to now. But when he formed uh, the, the entire planet, the trees, everything that we see, then God from that, separated and he created the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. Let's look what it says again. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward, a specific location, a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Because in God's eyes, where you are matters to him. It wasn't just Adam wandering the earth, just some, just any location, God had a specific place for him, designed for him, and it was the Garden of Eden. When you study the word garden, it means a place fenced or a place with boundaries. There was, the garden wasn't just everywhere, but there was a geographical boundary. There was a, a limitation to the garden. The whole earth was not the garden, but a specific location called the garden of Eden. God placed him in a place that had boundaries and a place that had limitations. Let's look what it says. And it says in verse 9, and out of the garden, what did it say? The Lord God, out of the ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. It was a beautiful place. All these trees that he made were beautiful to look upon. How many's ever driven by somewhere where the flowers were beautiful and the trees were blooming? When you go to Washington, D.C. in the spring, you're going to see beautiful cherry trees that, that line those streets and areas. That I've, I've been there. I've stood under them. You can smell the blooms. And you can see the beauty of those, those flowering trees. The Garden of Eden would have been absolutely beautiful. It would have been amazing to see, amazing to the eye. Not only that, but it was good for food. I've got trees where I live. I've planted. It is an awesome thing because I have planted trees that produce, supposed to be June apples, but they're not ready until July. But they were loaded this year. I could go out and uh, my kids would go out. I could be on the lawnmower and reach up and grab an apple as I'm under that in July. We have them that produced in August. There's some that are going to produce in in September, I've got some that will not be ready until the frost. But there are trees that produced that were for food and they had them in the garden. 
It says not only was the trees that were planted good for sight. It was amazing to look around. But also was good to eat. They were strength. You'll find that in there was the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I want you to know today that even in paradise, there was the power of choice. The tree of life would have been a tree that, that the fruit would have been amazing for you to eat. It would have given you eternal life. The tree of life that the, the leaves would have been great even for medicinal purposes as we can see even in the book of Revelation, it shall be the healing of the nations. I do believe when we get to heaven, there's going to be a tree of life. Do you believe that? Amen. The Bible says, and the tree was on each side of the river uh, in, of, the, of the, the stream that came out of the throne of God. And out of the throne of God came a river. There is a river that a place with God produces. There is a river. Shout, there is a river. And God designed this place. I believe that this is the first place you get a picture of what is known as the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a place where God is the king of his creation. He's the king of those that were made in his image. God is their king and he established a place. God delights in being the provider for his people. God delights being your provision. God delights with you being happy. God delights with you being all of your needs being met. And when God created the heaven and earth, he made Adam in his image. And the Bible calls Adam the son of God. Everybody say Adam was the son of God. And when he looked out of heaven, he had placed Adam who he had made in his image. God had rolled his sleeves up. He had designed, the Bible tells us, he had formed man from the dust of the ground, verse 7. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God creates Adam here. Then he creates a garden of Eden that is beautiful. Everybody say it's beautiful. It, it, is, it, is, it is limited. Everybody say it's limited. And it is strengthening. Everybody say it's strengthening. He created this place. It would be like you buying a piece of property. Beautifying the property, putting trees on there that begin to produce. In that place you build a house and then you sit back and you hand that piece of property to somebody you love with a home. You know what, they would, you would love to see how much they would enjoy that. And that's what he did with Adam. He placed Adam in the garden and he enjoyed seeing Adam enjoy this place. I want you to know that God has a place prepared for you. That place is his kingdom. You will never be fulfilled outside of his kingdom. You will not be fulfilled outside of his presence. You will never be fulfilled outside of his will. That's why you want to be in the will of God. How many want to be in the will of God? The place that God has for me. Amen. I will tell you, where it does matter, being in the right place, God designs. I don't believe God just says, go where you want to and I'm going to bless you. I think he has a place prepared for you. I do believe that God calls people to Zanesville. I believe God calls people to other places. But I want to be where God has called me. Would you say amen? In this place, 
God places Adam, and let's look what it says. It says in verse 9, and God and and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Look at verse 10. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. There's a river that comes, that, that, that comes out of Eden to water the garden. So the center or the beginning of the river is where? You see it? Where does the river begin? Help me. Everybody say the Garden of Eden. Out of the garden comes a river. Out of the garden comes a river. And it says its purpose is to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The scripture tells us just some verses ahead that there was no rain. The earth was not watered by rain. It didn't rain until the time of the flood. The earth was watered by what? A mist that would come from the ground, condensation. Somebody's ever walked through the grass in the mornings and your feet were soaking wet. Had to go change your shoes because your toes were wet. Your socks were wet. Why? Because there was a mist or condensation that was on the ground. There was no rain in that day. The water came from the mist. But there was enough water that it sustained the ground. It sustained what God had planted. Everybody say a river. And from thence it was parted, the river, and became into four heads. So the water that came out of the garden is, is split. And four rivers come out of this, this beginning or come out of Eden. They're together. It has one source, then splits and goes different directions. Are you ready? Let's see what it says. The name of the first is what? Pison. What does it mean? Pison means increase. That means what comes out of the garden is going to produce increase in your life. Everybody say, God wants my life to increase. And it talks about gold. It talks about onyx. It talks about bdellium. Verse 13 says the name of the second river is Gihon. Gihon means bursting forth. Everybody shout, new life. That's right. That's why you'll find Gihon, the spring of Gihon, is what flowed down to the pool of Bethesda, came out of Gihon, the bursting of, of, a, of a well, of a, of a natural well that, that was springing. Out of Gihon comes new life, and that's where blinded eyes can be. Everybody say, healing. Gihon, out of this place, is a place that provides healing. It's a place that provides new life. Are y'all with me today? What comes out of, of the Garden of Eden matters. Look what it says. It says, in the name of the third river is Hadekel. It means rapid. It is compared to an arrow being shot. Anytime you discuss, this is the Tigris River, they tell me, in study. But it represents what comes out of the garden comes purpose. And the same is that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. Everybody shout, the river always makes a difference. It goes on and says that it is which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Euphrates river means fruitfulness. Everything that comes out of the garden is going to bring increase. It's going to bring life. It's going to bring purpose 
and it's going to bring fruitfulness. Amen. So what God did, he placed Adam in the garden and this is where he placed him specifically. Why? Because in, the, in biblical principle, what God wants to come out of his creation's life, out what God wants to come out of those that were made in his image. I'm going to say it this way. What God wants to come out of the established family in the kingdom of God will be increase, it's going to be life, it's going to be purpose, and it will be fruitfulness. God doesn't want death coming out of the family. God doesn't want chaos coming out of the family. God doesn't want confusion coming out of the family. He wants there to be joy. He wants there to be divine purpose. Come on, he wants there to be happiness. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. He doesn't want confusion. Amen. The hippie movement has, done, has not done the United States of America any good. The counterculture away from Christian tradition, Christian teaching. That's what the hippie movement was for. Woodstock and, and Harry Krishna and, and the changing of the identity of mankind, sexual perversion, sleep with whoever you want to. Just, just don't, you don't have to tie down to one. Just explore, just explore sexual pleasure. Hasn't done anything but divide and destroy the American family. And what has come out of that has been chaos and disorder. I stand before you today, though, as a preacher that now is standing against culture. I feel like the Christian church is now the new counterculture. We are now saying marriage is between a man and a woman. Doesn't matter what the law says. Doesn't matter what the law approves. Doesn't matter what they condone. We believe that God designed a man. And we believe that God designed a woman. There's no, there's no trans confusion that inside the man is a man and the woman is a woman. We still believe these are divine truths based upon his word. Oh, clap your hands and shout amen. Glory. There has been confusion because disorder in the home. I will tell you from the time that God put Adam in the garden. Let me just stay on this point for a minute. When he put Adam in the garden, he said, Adam, he didn't say it, but we see it. What I want to come out of you is going to be increase. It is my will that you have increase in your life. God doesn't want us down and out all the time. He wants us to thrive and not survive. Surviving isn't his will. Thriving is his will. You believe your family can make a difference in this community? Absolutely. It is the will of God for you as an individual to be a blessing to your family. And it is the will of God for your family to be a blessing to its community. Do you believe it? God wants something great to come out of me. Oh, I'm supposed to be teaching, but I just feel like preaching just a little bit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of you comes movement. Out of you comes blessing. He told Abraham, what did he tell Abraham? Let's turn a few chapters over. I just want you to see it. Abraham chapter 12. 
And um, look what it says in chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. What he was saying was, get away from the place I didn't call you to be. Get away from the people that are living idolatrous lives. I'm telling you, quit being like them. Your origin, your, your, your father, Terah, is an idolater. Get away from that. Get away from idolatry. You shouldn't be worshiping other gods. And when he called him, called him away from his father's house, he said, unto a land that I will show thee. I've got a place prepared for you, Abram. His name was Abram at the time. I've got a place prepared for you. And he said, I will make of thee a great nation. You don't come to church just to be a member of the anchor. That makes no sense. He said, I want you to come out of the world. I've got a place for you, and I'm going to make something great of your life. That's the purpose of conversion. This, this, I believe God saves us from sin and saves us from hell. But, but that's not the biblical precedence is why I'm saved is so I won't go to hell. While I'm on this earth, there's a kingdom of heaven, but right now there's a kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, he wants to make something great of my life. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to make something great of your life. I want somebody to say it with me. God wants to make something great of my life. He said, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Hold on a minute. You're going to be a blessing. It's the will of God for you to be a blessing. Look what it says. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse them that curseth thee. Here it is. This is the principle. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Every family on the planet is going to be blessed because of what comes into your family and what comes out of your family. What comes into my family is new life from him. Everybody shout, there's a river. That's why tonight we're going to celebrate the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's an outpouring of God's Spirit going to be tonight. But it's not just to come into me, it's to come into me and flow through me. That's why they shall lay hands on the sick who, the believer, and they shall recover. They shall be healed. Because it's not just for me. It comes into me, but it goes through me so others can be blessed. I know you look at the preacher and say, preacher, lay hands on me. But I'm talking to the church. God's given you something that can bring a blessing to somebody else. You can lay hands. You can pray for. And God will impact. Clap your hands and shout, I want to be a blessing. And so here we are seeing in Abraham, God saying, I want every family in the, earth, in, in the earth to be blessed by you. What comes out of this place is a family. It's the establishment of the family. And so uh, the scripture tells us um, in verse 15, let's turn there, look what it says. After it says the river Euphrates, let's look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to what? To dress it and to keep it. That's right. I've given this to you. Take care of it. I, I want you to keep it. That means to guard it. 
Don't let anything in the garden that shouldn't be in the garden. Uh, I will say to you that when God brings you out of the world, there's things that's supposed to be in there that weren't in the world. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, that should be in my house. That should be in my family. That's exactly right. I mean, know that we are a chosen generation, a royal, a holy. You know what a holy nation means? A nation separated from a nation. There are things that are in our kingdom, in his kingdom, that, that are not in that kingdom. But there are things allowed in that kingdom that should not be tolerated in this kingdom. That's right. That's exactly right. Isaiah, Isaiah, look what it says in Isaiah. Grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Isaiah with me. There is a great portion of scripture that I, many years ago, it moved me so much. And it tells us in Isaiah 35. Do you believe God can bless the home in the end time? Let there be a hearty amen. It goes and tells us, it's in chapter 35, it's talking about restoring God's people. Verse 1, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. Everybody shout the family. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, what? Be strong. Fear not. Your God will come with vengeance. Even God with the recompense, he will come and save you. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart or a deer. And the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool. I love that statement. What was parched and dried, no life, shall become a pool. Why? There's a river. Become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there. A way and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those the wayfaring men. Though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there. Nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Where? The way of holiness. A place where the river flows. It says, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting what? Joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. What's it talking about? It's talking about what happens when the river reaches you, when the river reaches your family. I'm telling you, the divorce rate is so high in America because they're living in parched ground. They're trying to have a family without the hand of God. They're trying to have a family in the ways of the world. They're trying to do it with God absent from it. And it was never the will of God to have a family with God not at the center of it. It has always been the will of God to, amen, to have God in your life and that's what empowers your family. Praise God. And so when you begin to see this, 
is that, that in chapter uh, 2, verse 15, let's, let's go back. Um, chapter 2, verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Everything that you see, you can partake, you can have, enjoy, and eat. Everybody shout the river. So God, I want to stop here and say, and the Lord God commanded the man. Everybody say he talked with him. The precedence that is set for the family is that God talks to the man. I want to ask every man in this room, does God speak to you? Is there a place for you where God speaks to you? Eve isn't present yet. And God is talking to him. It was God's plan first that a man have a relationship with him. You know what it says? What does the Bible say? Be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. There's, there's, there's scriptural law that says you shouldn't plow an ox with a, with, with a donkey. Let me know it was an abomination. Why? You, you, can't, you can't yoke them together. Their strides are different. Their heights are different. Their, their, the, the, their, their cadence is different. different. And, it, and, it, and it becomes, it becomes uh, because it's unequally yoked, can't do what it's supposed to do. They're not really going the same, same, same way. They don't do things the same way. And the Bible talks about, and I say to everybody in the room, it is... If they're not living for God, they're not an option if you're dating and single. I know it's not popular, but it's true. It's a privilege to be able to get up in the morning on Sundays and, and you're, you're, you're both thinking about the things of God and going the direction of God when it's not, when you're not linked up uh, intimately and uh, in covenant with somebody that's going the same direction. God, God didn't choose you to find somebody outside the kingdom. He chose you to find somebody in the kingdom. And I say to all you young adults, all you young people, if they're not living for the Lord, they're not in the kingdom, they're not born again, they're not an option. I don't care how pretty they are. I don't care how great they seem. It's not an option. I don't care how much attention they give you, how much, how, how much they brag on you, how good of a person they seem. If they're not in the kingdom, they don't love the things of God. They are not an option. And when God put Adam in the garden and he, he gave, and I will say here, verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15, let's look at that real quick. And the Lord God took him uh, and put him in the, into the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. Before he gave him a wife, he gave him a job. You're welcome. Ladies, if he doesn't have a job, he's not an option. I have learned over the years, and please don't be offended at pastor, but I've learned over the years when I ask the guy that wants to marry somebody in the church and I say, do you have a job? And they say, well, I'm in between jobs. That's Hebrew for I don't have a job. Listen, ladies, if God gives you a husband, he's going to give him a job. If he doesn't have a job, he shouldn't be your husband. Amen. If he had a job and can't keep a job, he's probably not the option. He should be able to be faithful. The, the scriptures, and I want to help you today and tell you that nowhere in the scripture does it say for a woman to love her husband. 
oh boy, shockwaves through the church. Don't you look at him and say, he was right. Don't look, don't, don't look at your husband and call yourself out. The Bible does teach that a woman, to teach a woman to love her husband, it doesn't command her to love her husband. It is something she grows into. And I'm going to tell you where we have failed in the church is we have allowed uh, Hollywood and people that are atheists and agnostics to define what a relationship is between a man and a woman. And that was never the will of God. All of these sunset stories that a lot of times don't make any sense. And when they grow up with kids, they're kissing frogs, kissing beasts. Trying to tell us, I'm telling you, it makes no sense to kiss a frog, but they, they paint stories to our kids about it. Falling in love with animals, it makes no sense. I don't understand the storyline. But I'm going to tell you, you've got to fall in love with somebody that is in the image of God, not in the image of the world. Are they holy? You want some fantasy story? Want some fantasy story that's not in alignment with his will. I'm going to tell you what you want to look for is do they have a river in their life? Is there a river from God in their life? And when they smell like the river Pison and Hideko and, and Gihon and they smell of the water of, of, of uh, uh, what's, the, what's the last river there? Of Euphrates, that's what you want because if you get somebody saturated in the river, somebody that's been under the flow of his spirit, Spirit, I promise you, they won't beat you when they won't dis, they won't discredit you. They will put you first. Somebody shout, "Amen!" It's interesting because in the book of Genesis, there's a river that comes out of the garden. That is the first book of the Bible. When you get to the last book of the Bible, I do feel like just preaching just here for a moment. I can't help myself. It stirs my soul. The Bible tells us in Revelation 22. I want you to see Revelation 22. Everybody shout, it starts in a river. And that river is going to flow eternally. It will. Look at this. Revelation chapter 22 verse 1. And this is, this is John the Revelator seeing the end. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear. No, not just water, but water of life. You can drink out of the wrong mud hole. It has no flow. It's stagnant. It's not doing anything. It's just dormant. If the water's not moving, it's not healing. If the water's not moving, it's not bringing life. Go fish in the Salt Lake City, Salt Lake in Utah. No fish there. Go to the Dead Sea. Fish all you want. Beautiful water. But there's no fish. There's no life. Why? It's not moving. I don't want somebody that had an experience with God. You want to marry somebody that has an experience with God. There's a water flowing through them. They've got a prayer life. They're living for God. They're going to church. I've had people tell me, well, well are they in church? Well, they, they, they used to go. They're a believer. They're like the Dead Sea. They're like the Salt Lake. They had an experience. They received, but there's nothing going on in it. If the water's not moving, it's not bringing life. But when the water's coming out of your garden, when the water's flowing out of your belly, guess what? There's increase. Somebody shout, there's life. 
Shout, there's purpose. Shout, there's fruitfulness. Look what it says. A pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of where? The throne of God and of the Lamb. Your garden is a place of devotion. You and God. Out of that place comes a river. And what started as a, as a devotion of fellowship turns into the throne of God and dominion and authority. What started as a prayer life turns into a relationship from the throne of God. Where does the river come from? It comes from the throne of God. Look what it says, verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I'm telling you why America is crumbling. Because they're trying to live free without God at the center of everything they do. It had become money decisions. It's become prosperity decisions without saying, what does God want for my life? Amen. Money will never make you happy. It'll, money answereth all things. That's a proverb. I understand that. But if it's the goal, it will never sustain. It will never fulfill. It will never complete. But you give me somebody that is in the garden of Eden alone with God, there will always come a river that will bring increase. Increase. Somebody shout increase. He's got to be at the center. I challenge, I want every man in the building to stand. We are. We're about 50% men in this church. I think that speaks great. Not like that everywhere. I want to say to every man, thank God you're a provider, but God gave you the job. But there's more to providing money. Well, I love my kids. I put food on the table. And, uh, but there's more to it than putting food on the table. What else are you bringing to the home? I'm telling you what God wants to bring to the home. He wants to bring a river through you. We're going to talk about Eve next week. I plan on talking about the order of the home. But right now, I believe that when God designed this, he first started with the man. We see that. God started with the man. And out of that relationship came a river. Somebody shout, a river. I want you to say, I want a river of blessing to come out of my life. How many want to provide? The Bible does not say for a woman to love her husband. I said that. But the Bible does say for a woman to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it or for her. That means the most selfless person in the family is the man. Not that she won't. Because we hear mother's stories all the time, how selfless they are and what they gave up and what they did. But I'm going to tell you right now, God designed the man to provide first and then for himself. Then for, to provide first for his family and then for himself. He sets, but why, why does the Bible talk about for a man to have short hair in 1 Corinthians 11? I'm going to tell you why. Because he's made in the image of God. He is, he, when they see you, they think of the Lord. Boy, it's so quiet in here. Are you living a life that reflects him or your culture? You know what holiness is to a man? 
Every man, lift your hands like this. This is holiness to a man. I understand about the modesty and things of a lady. We'll deal with that later. But the holiness to a man is the man to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting or apathy. Holiness to a man is when a wise hands because he's the provider. To lift up holy hands, that means to live a holy life, a clean heart. The Bible says, who shall ascend to the Lord? Those that have clean hands and a pure heart. And if there's ever been an attack, there's an attack on the purity of the man today. The demasculating of the man. A man to not have confidence in who he's supposed to be. Not good enough or ever good enough. There, has, there is an attack on the man. You believe that? But the Bible says for a man to lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. What does that mean? It means a man has to be a governor of his attitude. He's not supposed to be explosive in temper, but yet still a provider. He's supposed to be stable in temperance and reflect what? What's it saying? To reflect the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what else. He's to have faith. He speaks things. Be seated. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not finished, but I'm going to quit. Guess who named everything upon the earth? Look what it says. It says, verse 19, I'm going to skip a couple things. Verse 19, look, look what's been put upon the man. I know all the ladies are feeling left out, but I helped you earlier. I'll deal with it next week, but look at what it says. And out of the ground the Lord God formed what? Every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. He brought his creation before the man and God stood back to see what Adam would name them. That's a whole lot of trust because from them till now he might have said cow, horse, donkey, dog, he named the things that God created. God put him to sleep. Brother Cody, we were talking about it this morning. Because when God said it was not, listen, I'm going to tell you one of the things that God did say. It's not good for a man to be alone. That means he's not his best when he's by himself. God designed him to have companionship. Oh my. I'm running out of time. Help me, Jesus. I need, I need a little bit more. But look what it says. Look what it says in, in um, verse 23. God puts him to sleep, takes a rib out of his side, and he forms the woman. How many know that? And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone. Look what he said. Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called. Who names her? Who names her? Adam, because the what you say sets the atmosphere of the home. And that's why when, when Benjamin was being born, when Benjamin was being born and Rachel was dying, and she said, my baby shall be called Moroni, meaning the son of my sorrows. The guy who was named Jacob that's now called Israel because God had changed his name and he understands the power of what you speak over somebody. He says, oh no, his name shall be called Benjamin because the man 
what he says can label, can categorize, and set the tone for a child, for the marriage, for the family. And I wonder what would happen if men in this church started prophesying over your family. It's going to be all right. Our family's going to be saved. Our marriage is going to work. Our children are going to flourish. I have been alone with God, and I'm going to speak what God is saying. I'm not just speaking out of my emotions. I'm not speaking out of wrath. Come on, I wish there was a man to jump to your feet and you're going you're gonna to make a vow. I'm not speaking out of anger. I'm going to speak out of love. I'm gonna, he's allowed you to name the family. Let's jump to our feet, clap our hands. Come on, clap your hands. Woo. My goodness. And that's why she takes his name. What kind of name is she receiving from you? You know what it ought to be? Increase. You know what it, you know what it should be? Purpose. You know what it should be? Fruitfulness. Have a bunch of kids. Now all the ladies are mad at me. Everybody say purpose. Everybody say life. We are going to start next week, I mean continue this next week about the order of the home. How many know the order of America has been in chaos for a while? But I believe God's coming back, amen, for a church that's going to be biblical and righteous. Praise God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.